This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, a business of intercessory prayer for businesses. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we have Lolly Daskal. Lolly, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here today. So, you know, I'm so excited to share you with our entire audience. Um, people don't know this, but when I got into, when I started the, the coaching practice and the podcast, I was always reaching out and looking for incredible thought leaders, not only on, on leadership, Lolly. Uh, but people that also I felt really shared the heart of leadership that was in alignment with what we're trying to do here to really just equip and inspire leaders to accomplish, you know, just what's been inspired in them to accomplish great things. And I've been following you for the last three years, and I would encourage everybody as you listen to this, and we're going to be talking about this incredible book that you have coming out called The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. And this is going to be such an equipping conversation, and I want everybody out there to just plug into Lolly, her Twitter, at Lolly Daskal, her website. We're going to be talking about that, her book, because if you guys really want to make a, an impact and have an influence in this world and and just really follow that calling that's on your heart, you need tools, you need resources, you need to learn from people that have gone before you and done that, and Lolly you have done that. So thank you for taking the time and being here with all of us today. It is a true honor and a true privilege. And I'm excited about this conversation. Well, me too. Now you, uh, a little bit background on you for people that don't know you. you. You're the CEO and you founded Lead From Within. And this is a proprietary leadership program that you have. Uh, you're an executive coach. You're a top keynote speaker. You were named top 50 leadership and management ex experts by Inc. Magazine. Um, you just wrote an article and uh, mentioned or and uh, wrote up uh, Eternal Leadership as a podcast in Inc. Magazine. Thank you so much for that. We've been getting incredible feedback from that and uh, just honor you for, for doing that. And also, was, the, oh, go ahead. Well no, it was well-deserved. Well, thank you. And the Huffington Post um, named you the most inspiring woman in the world. And I don't think that that is hyperbole. Um, I, I think you're awesome and a big fan. And you, I mean, you write for um, Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Huffington Post, Inc., Psychology Today. Um, and you've taken 30 years of experience on working with leaders, and you've just poured it into this book that you've written. And before we get into that, um, I would love for you to just share a little bit about your journey through life and what's brought you to this place, what you're doing now, and you know why you're doing it. Thank you. Great question. I, you had me blushing a little bit as you were talking about me. You know, as a coach, we usually talk about others' accomplishments. We usually talk how great they are. So, you know, the, it's a little shift in the conversation, so it's interesting. Um so a little bit about myself, I've been in my business for over three decades. I did not decide at an early age that I would, as a grown-up, be a leadership coach and business consultant. I was, I grew up a very curious person, very inquisitive. I remember asking my parents, why, 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 why? And I think I drove them crazy. 
Um, at an early age, at the age of 16, around 16 and 17, I became very enamored with the subjects of psychology and philosophy. And that love of psychology, human behavior, what makes a person tick, what makes a person think, what makes a person behave a certain way, led me to create certain workshops. And in one of my workshops, I had one of my my participants ask me after the workshop if I could help him with a problem. And at a very early age, I realized that if I was going to help anyone, I shouldn't fix them. I should learn to navigate through their problems, which is something we'll talk about later on this podcast about what that means. But I navigated through his problem and he felt so empowered that he asked me to join his team. And after I helped him for a while, I'm actually I'm still helping him. He's still one of my clients. But after I helped him, he said, why don't you help my other friends and he recommended me and so on and so on. And three decades later, here I am, three decades coaching um, leadership development to top leaders of their industry and I love what I do. Well, you know, it's interesting is, you know, some, as, as you go through a career like that and you look at everything now, like how we started out the podcast and these incredible you know, accolades that you're deserving of, but right. It's like, it's taking you 30 years to be an overnight success, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, I don't know if that's a fair statement, but you know, through those years, you know, building this company, serving people, learning what were, you know, what were some of the challenges that you went through? Because, you know, our podcast is really, um, a majority of our listeners, our CEOs, their founders, their entrepreneurs, and they're going through the ups and downs of, you know, having a dream, wanting to bring it into reality, serve others. And I know you've been there. I've definitely been there. So I really believe as we go through life, if you think of life, let's say from point A to point B, there are so many detours. There are so many challenges. There are so many failures before we can actually get from point A to B. And the thing is with life is once we get to B, we want to go to C, then we want to go to D. We're always taking ourselves to the next level. For me, um, when I first started out, and my company's called Lead From Within, which means that every single person is a leader. You just have to find out who you are from within. And my concept is heart-based leadership. That means, mm-hmm. you know, care for people, have compassion for people, serve people, have a servant heart. And if you think about it and you look at the calendar 30 years ago, that was not the message that was very popular. The message that was very popular is greed is good, autonomy, power, I am the say it my way, you do it my way or the highway, you know, and the truth is that kind of leadership will get you just so far. So in the very beginning, it was extremely challenging to stay very grounded in what I knew would make a difference and what I knew would make an impact. And I knew that somebody out there would listen, would take it in, would embrace it, and then see the results of what I was trying to do. And so did I waver? No. Did I struggle? Yes. Did I have failures and get kicked out of boardrooms? You bet. Did I get laughed at? Yes. But one of the things that I learned very early on is that if you believe in something with a whole heart and you feel like you've touched on something magnificent, a treasure, just stand by it because life seems to will let us, I feel that life will let us go through it until we get to where we need to go. 
Well, yeah, and I can imagine, you know, as you're, you know, you're following your convictions and, and, you know, what it feels like to be laughed at or have a client walk you out of a meeting or an engagement. What, what, Lolly, what gave you that conviction of this approach, heart-led leadership, servant leadership, back when it wasn't, you know, it wasn't popular, right? So what was it that was at your core that you just really connected to? As, um... I think as a child and in my early teens, there were many, many struggles in my life, and I found it to be very difficult. And at the age of 17, I think I was almost 18, I picked up a book, and Mm -hmm. the book was uh, The Man's Search for Meaning. And Viktor Frankl taught Mm. me something that, you know, I will never forget, and I never forget it because I've, for 27 years, I've been reading his book. And actually a little bit longer now. Oh, my God. Now I have to update my story. I've been reading his book for a very long time. (laughs) And every year on my birthday, I reread his book. And I'll tell you what the book has done for me. Hmm. The book has taught me that we all have challenges. We all have suffering. But if we don't find meaning in that suffering, then we cannot really exist And that, to me, at a very early age, was a very profound message, because all of us have struggles, and all of us have struggles at a different level. But if we don't know how to find meaning in what we're going through, if we don't know how to look at failure as a teacher, if we don't know how to look at failure as not a defeat, then, I mean, actually, it just keeps us playing small. And so I learned this very early on, and I learned that anything, any challenge or any failure was a detour, but it was a temporary one, and that any challenge or any suffering was something that I, if I found meaning, I could find purpose. And so by learning this and having this knowledge really gave me a way, a code of conduct for the rest of my life, and I'm still living that way. You know, you think you've worked with so many leaders, and I think that concept of, you know, finding meaning in our challenges, right, which leads to that purpose. Uh, But there's a lot of people that get stuck and never get to that place of finding the meaning in the things that they've gone through. What, What do you think, from your experience, holds people back from that? So... I get, I get asked um, this question a lot, and it'll answer your question. I've been talking about finding greatness within, mm-hmm. and I have been talking about this for a long time because what I consider purpose is like greatness, is right, what you're yeah. meant to do. And what I found is to be true across the board, if any country that I've been in, and I've been in many, across any language, across all cultures, is that we have a choice. We have a choice to stand in our greatness. It's available to all of us. We just have to choose it. And that has to do with everything in life. It's that we can, we have a choice always, failure or, you know, um, looking at it as an opportunity, defeat or getting up. You know, in life, we have all these opportunities, but we just have to make that choice. Which side as I say in my book, this upcoming book, you know, the leadership gap, we have a chance to choose between greatness and our gaps. And life gives us these chances every minute of every single day to choose. What are we going to choose? Well, yeah, and what, what would you say it looks like when somebody's operating from that place of greatness? So greatness is is when everything is in flow, mm. when you feel you are being your best, when you feel your insides match your outsides, when you feel wherever you go, you bring your best 
that's a greatness. It's like you're living on purpose. Well, it sounds like you're also, you're finding and identifying and operating from that place that is your best self. Yes, because interestingly enough, um, most of us, you know, we're so busy comparing ourselves to others. Should I be like he? Should I be like she? And what we do is we lose ourselves. That's why I have a ritual every single night um, before I go to sleep is that I ask myself, Lolly, what did you do well today? What did you do great? Who did you, whose heart did you touch? How did you make mm. an impact? And then I always say to myself, Lolly, what can you do better tomorrow? In this simple exercise, I'm only comparing myself to myself and I'm taking myself to the next level. If I was busy comparing myself with everyone out there, I wouldn't be able to live up to my own potential. Yeah, and don't you think that's a, a trap that a lot of leaders fall into, comparing themselves to others versus really almost competing with your best self? I don't know about all leaders, but if anybody's listening today mm -hmm. and this is true for you, again, you have the choice to measure yourself and compare yourself against others or to find your best inner worth, your inner potential, and see how you can take yourself to the next level. Which one gives you, you know, more excitement and more energy? Well, you know, uh, I think that's an interesting concept, too, because, you know, it's culturally, a lot of times we, we do want to compare ourselves to outside. Uh, and, you know, what, what does it take to kind of shift that to that, com you know, comparing yourself to your best self? What, what does it take to kind of bridge that gap for people? It has to be it has to be something that they want to do. You see, most of the work that I do, people always say, how do you get a top leader to change? And how do you get a top leader to think differently? And the truth is, I don't get anybody to do anything they don't want to do. There will come a time within each of us when we say when we say, what do we want? Mm -hmm. And for everybody, it's at different times. They'll look in the mirror and let's say, I don't really like where I'm at, or I feel stuck, or I'm sick and tired of all this failure, or I want something different. Whatever the language is, it will come a time when things need to pivot. And when that time comes, I hope they recognize it because then they have a choice. You cannot keep you can't keep doing the same things over and over again and get greatness. It doesn't happen that way. We have to constantly be taking ourselves inward and outward to see that we match up. So we cannot make anybody recognize it within themselves. They have to learn to see it within themselves. The good thing is you read great books. You listen to fantastic people. You listen to podcasts like this. And there's something that somebody says that it, you say to yourself, oh, she's talking about me or mm -hmm. he or something that you say, John, and, and they go, John is talking about me. And that's the moment to season. That's the moment to grab onto it and to take that ch and to make that choice. Well, Lolly, you know, as you're talking, I, um, and I, I think this is so important for people. Th this isn't about what you do as a leader, you know, why you're doing it, you know, uh, how you're doing it. Those are important. But it's really about who you are being as a leader, isn't it? So interestingly that you say that because, as you know, I read a book a day. And all the books in leadership and in business are constantly telling us how to do things, what to mm -hmm. do things, where to do things. And Simon Sinek made why so popular. 
But what I have found is, is that who we are while we are living and leading is the most important thing because this is what I found that is very true, John, is that I can tell a leader how to do things, you know, the 10 steps of how to do this, when to do it and where to do it. But if who they are is not ready, it doesn't matter. It won't happen. So the foundational element of all greatness starts with who you are. And then we can work on the how and the when and the where, but everything starts from who. Well, if everything starts with who, uh, when you're working with people and training people, and you've been doing this for 30 years and had incredible results. What, what are those first small steps that people need to take to start working on who they are and, and uh, you know, as a leader? The first thing is, it, it usually happens like this in life. There's usually a pain. There's mm. something that happens in someone's life where they say, Think, I've had enough or things need to change. It comes from this, first it starts as a feeling of unrest and unsatisfaction. And then what happens is, is their awareness that they don't know what they need different. And then once they have that, that awareness is like, I want to change this. And it's usually, it's a three-stop process. And then you hire a coach or the board says you need to work with this coach. And then you come in and the want has to be there. Again, I, I can't stress that enough. The person needs to say, I'm not, I'm unhappy, or I'm not getting what I want, or I feel stuck. And once you have the awareness and the desire, the work itself starts to unfold. It's like, it's almost like you're in partnership with the world. It's like when you stay, take one step forward, it's almost like what you want takes a step forward to you. And every single leader has told me this so openly. It says, for years I've been struggling, but the moment I took this step that I'm going to be working on myself, things started to fall into place. And um, it's not magical. It almost feels like a partnership. Well, I love that. It's, you know, when the, when the pain of staying the same exceeds that pain of that change that you want, that's when you're, that's when you're really ready to start putting in that work, isn't it? Absolutely. So what is that work? You say as the work unfolds, what what does that look like for somebody? So for me, it's this rethink system that I've been teaching. It's the awareness that within us, we have two parts of polarity. We have greatness, all the things that can lead us to greatness. And within each one of those archetypes, each one of these leadership models, there is a gap. And at any given moment, we can choose. And the awareness of what each one of them does is a game changer. And so when leaders want to take themselves to the next level, when they are ready to take a change, learning this rethink system and how it applies to them and how these seven leadership styles apply to them, these archetypes, things start to evolve and grow and they start to change and there's transformation. Well, and the title of your book is The Leadership Gap, uh, and it's all about what's getting between you and the greatness that, that we've been talking about. And how do you define that, that gap, Lolly? So the gap is between the characters. The gap is between the archetypes. So if I can, can I give you an example so we can, so it's not in an abstract, so we can actually talk about what it means? Oh, yeah, I'd love that. It'd be great. Okay, so let's take the first archetype. The first archetype in the rethink system is the rebel. 
I'm sure for all the people on your call and on your podcast can relate to the rebel because the rebel wants to be of service to the world. They want to make an impact in the world. They want to make a difference in the world. And in order to do that, they need to have the characteristic of confidence. They need to be confident in themselves to make this impact. But for every single rebel that exists out there today and is listening on this podcast today, there is a gap. And the gap is of a leader who feels like an imposter who has self-doubt. And that usually plays out like this. Oh, I'm leading this organization, but if they find out I'm not that smart, what will happen? I didn't go to the best schools. Do I really belong on this board? Or I can't believe I have all these people listening to me, but I feel like a fraud. These are things, these kinds of little thoughts that we have can keep us from being the rebel that we want to have. This gap, if we're not aware of it, if we don't know how to leverage the imposter, what will happen is it will cost us on be on creating and evolving and being the person we're meant to be. And so, as you can imagine, if you know this, if you have this little awareness, how it can change your life, how it can change your leadership by just knowing, am I being a rebel or am I being an imposter? Well, you know, you said before, right, it's not about fixing people. It's about helping them navigate their problems, right? And as I'm thinking about this, right, the imposter syndrome, and there's no doubt this is a category I've found myself, you know, in at, at many times in my life. So how do you navigate into this this dream of having this huge impact, but knowing that, you know, I do feel I, I don't have that security. Sometimes I doubt myself, uh, you know, who am I to be taken credible in this area that I want to move into, be seen as an expert? How do you how do you close the gap? So in the book, there are many, many ways of how I teach you to leverage the imposter, but I'll share with you two of them. Mm -hmm. The first thing to do is I created that ritual at night, right? So what I do is I ask, I list all the things that I did very well that day. So what I have learned is, is that when you have confidence, in order to have confidence, it comes from believing that you're, you know, that you could do great things. But what I also learned is, is that when you have competence, it's knowing that you're able to do great things. So what I have found is that the combination of knowing my capabilities and making a list of my competence every single day will give me the confidence that I need to take myself to the next level the next day. So that's why that little ritual is very important. It leverages any parts of me that has any self-doubt. It pays witness to the fact that I have done some great things today, and I've done things that are masterful, that I've brought my strengths and my skills to make an impact. And the way, and once I know that, I can then take myself to the next level. I can then show up to be even better tomorrow. The second thing is, is that we touched a little bit earlier about stop comparing yourself to others. The only true measure that you need to do is measure against yourself because I guarantee you, John, that there's somebody brighter and smarter and better than I am. And I meet them every single day. I know them. I know that for a fact. 
but I'd be very, very busy comparing myself to them. So what I need to do is only compare myself to myself. Because once you go inward, you can stay, okay, I start here. Where do I want to go next? Where do I want to take myself next? It's always going inward and it's always leading from within. And so those are two very important rituals that people can do in order to leverage the imposter. There are many other wonderful ways how to leverage the imposter, but then they would have to get the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love both those. Um, you know, we, uh, we started doing that with our, our kids in sports, uh, you know, because they want to start comparing themselves to all the other players. And my son, when I had him just start focusing on what he did well, even if it was his first, his worst game. And then I would ask him questions. Hey, what, you know, just what is one thing that you learned from today? You know, let's focus this inward. He went from being the bottom of the pack, uh, to being voted by his team last year, the MVP. So Mm -hmm. this is so powerful applied anywhere as a parent, don't you think, as a business owner, as a husband or a wife or in your community, in a nonprofit, because you can start looking at how you're operating in any one of these situations. Uh, But question for you, because I have seen, you know, people, when I'm trying to make this shift and really focus on um, measuring against myself, um, and, and maybe this isn't maybe a general question, you know, a, a lot of these different gaps that you describe in your book, what are some of the things that hold people back from, from effectively starting to close those gaps in their lives? The truth. Mm-hmm. They themselves. Mm. It's, I always say it's you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because there's nobody else that is standing there and saying you can't close your gap. There's nobody out there saying that, you know, you're not doing great things. If we ourselves have our negative thoughts, we ourselves sometimes feel less deserving and less worthy. We ourselves do this to ourselves. And so when this happens, who's there's nobody to blame but ourselves. See, that you know, the truth is, is that we all have shadows. We all have gaps. But the fact is, is that these shadows give us opportunities to stand in our greatness but we have to leverage them first. So again, everything starts with you, starts within. Well, you know, I'm, you know, as you say that, um, how much of this is really kind of learning to just trust who you are and trust yourself? I would say it's even bigger than that, John. I would say it's to love thyself. Hmm. And... It's to honor thyself and to see thyself. And by that, you can trust yourself. You have to first see yourself before you can trust yourself. And that means, um, I just want to make very clear, is that within all of us, we have many parts. We have dark parts and we have light parts. And life is about accepting all of those parts. It's not just a path. It's, 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 it's about almost declaring wholeness of who we are. And life is not seeking about to be perfect. And so once we know that, that we can be the gaps and our greatness all at the same time, this, whole, this wholeness, that's where our purpose is. Because... You can't just succeed from your greatness. You need your gaps to challenge you on a daily basis to do even better the next day. I believe that our gaps liberate us. 
and they liberate us to in our greatness and they ask us to do even better the next day. So I think it's very important to own both and to be a whole person. Yeah, because the, the self-awareness, when you really start working on yourself and identifying these gaps is really where, how, how we really start showing up differently. I mean, that's what really puts the, the why, the what, and the how, and all these other pieces that we tend to struggle with um, in so much more of a context. I, th- I think it just straightens out the road that we're, we're all trying to walk to have this impact and this influence that we're, that we're trying to have. Now, as you've worked with so many people and you've poured your life into this book, as somebody goes through this and and reads this and really applies it, you know what what do you think that's going to do for them? What have you seen that do for people? So there's a couple of things about this system. I want to stress that this system is not like a Myers Briggs. It's not like a disc. It's not like Strength Finder. What makes this system so unique? It is that it's situational. We are the sum of all these seven archetypes. We are the sum of all these gaps. At every given moment, we have a choice. That means if you have a meeting, if you're in a relationship, um, you said earlier, you know, you you took this um, method and you talked to your son about it. This rethink system is a life system. It's for parents, it's for mothers, it's for fathers, it's for leaders, it's for managers, it's for high school students, it's for 90-year-old men and women, it's for everybody. Why? Because if you can at any given moment ask yourself before you do anything in any situation, which side do I want to be in, my greatness or my gap, your life will be a different life. And do, do you think it becomes pretty clear to people as they work in this area that they're self-aware of whether I'm operating in a greatness area or a gap area? Or does that get confusing to people? You know, if, you're, if, if leaders and people are not getting what they want out of life, if people are irritated with them, if they're falling short of their potential, people know. People get it. They mm-hmm. see it. They feel it. And the fact is, if that's true, that means that instead of leading leading like a rebel, maybe some of the time their imposter is showing up too much. And maybe their self-doubt is very clear and that people see that. And so the question is, are you going to leverage that or are you going to allow your gaps to lead you? Hmm. So, you know, as you're sharing with people, what do you think some of the most like one of the most important takeaways you just like to leave with everybody listening. And I think I said it earlier, but I'd like to say it very clear is that greatness is a destiny that's available to everyone. We just have to choose it. And that choice, because you're talking about everything is down to choices, right, Lolly? Yes. And you've seen people choose that path and other people, uh, probably a, 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 a significant percentage of people really struggle with that choice. So the people that have made that choice and moved into greatness, what would you say that there's, are there some things that, that help, that have helped those people make those choices that you've seen? So again, the between, uh, you know, knowing the rethink system is situational, right? And it's mm-hmm. at every given moment. There are times 
or the people that have that follow a life of greatness, that means they're of service to others, they're loyal, they're confident, they have integrity. There, there's some beautiful characteristics that come with greatness. Mm-hmm. But, but life is challenging, and we are stressed, and there's too much happening at once. And many times, even though you choose your greatness, you can fall into the trap of your gap. But the great thing is you could choose again to pivot. You could choose again that if the next time you talk to the same person that maybe you were arrogant with, to become the person that can be trusted again. And the next time you feel that you have self-doubt, well, you can show up with confidence. And the next time, you know, when you decided to cut some corners and not lead with integrity, you can lead with integrity the next time. And so life is ever evolving of asking us to do the best of what we have to offer in the moment. Hmm. Well, I, lo- I love that you shared that. Um, and I think for people just to be aware um, that, you know what, moving into this, I, I've always felt since I was a kid, right, that I was destined for greatness. And when I first kind of thought that through my own head, that sounded kind of egotistical. Does that make sense? Right? I, I don't know. But, you know, as I thought through it, if I applied that, what I was meant to do, um, you know, fully harnessing who I was, my gifts, my strengths, my talents, my experiences, my values, and apply that into serving other people. You can accomplish great things because what that also does as you move into that place of working on yourself, it's like uh, it attracts other people to you that are also in that same part of the journey. And then together, a team can go you know, we have a saying, if you want to go far, go alone. I mean, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you know, go with the team. And that that's, have you seen that as people really work on themselves, they also attract other people that are operating from this place to them, and they can even accomplish more? Yeah, I, I've definitely seen that. But you know, to the point of what you just said, which is very important, before you even get to greatness, you know, to understand what greatness is, that it's not about ego, but it's about claiming all of who you are. Mm-hmm. If you could just pivot the definition of what greatness means, it can help you, you know, almost claim it and own it and be aware of it. And yes, once you have greatness, and which means of service to others, of being loyal to others, this is not about ego at all. This is about the most beautiful characteristics that someone can have, then yes, it's about claiming your whole self. It's about claiming your greatness. And great people like to be among great people. It's almost contagious. Mm-hmm. It sure is, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> now, you know, as we, as we wrap up, and people have been listening to this, you know, all over the world, um, there's uh, about 192 countries that listen into this podcast um, I mean, this is a book, this is a, a, a system, uh, you know, and as I read through this and I read, there's so many characteristics of the different archetypes that I so, uh, resonated with both the, what I would call the liberating truth side of that archetype and almost kind of that, the limiting beliefs or the, almost the way you operate when you're, when you take some of those strengths to an extreme, like mm-hmm. being an imposter, being an exploiter. Um, so you guys are going to love this book. What, what are just some final thoughts you'd like to leave with people um, as they, if they've just heard this conversation, Lolly? 
So there is a quote by Viktor Frankl that says, if we give light, we must endure the burning. Mm. And so the burning is our shadows, our burnings are our gaps, our failures, our challenges, all the things that are hard for us. And so everybody who's listening to this podcast Know that life is just not one side. It's not just the light. We need the burning. We need the shadows in order to be great. You know, and can I add something on that? Please. You know, I, I, I think people listen to this podcast and people that are out, that are, that are doing what they're doing, whether it's in ministry or nonprofits or in, in the marketplace and business, that you're out there because you want to operate from that place of greatness. And you might be feeling a place right now. I describe it for, for myself before I really went through this refining process of being in a place of smoldering discontent. And to know that actually that place of operating in your greatness is achievable, that there's a, a way to get there, there's a process, there's people that are also on that journey, that they're succeeding and they're failing, but they're failing forward toward that place. It is definitely a destination that you can move toward successfully. And I really want to encourage people to keep, you know, doing that work, getting yourself out of the way, building that self-awareness, um, learning what those gaps are, uh, but celebrating you know, what you do well each day. I love that you said that. You know, what did you learn from that? What are those little things that just reinforce that, that the positive side of where you want to operate from? Very well put. Very well. Amen. So now how do people get in touch with you, learn more about you, learn more about the book, Lolly? So if everybody listening on this podcast today... I have some wonderful bonuses. If you buy, if you pre-order books, you can find out about all the bonuses at theleadershipgapbook.com. And you can find me at my website at lollydaskell.com. And I'm on social media. I'm very available and accessible. It's just lollydaskell at Twitter and at LinkedIn. Communicate with me because I love to connect with people. Yeah, and it's D-A-S-K-A-L. So at lollydaskell, lollydaskell.com, and all yes. the links and everything for this book um, and this interview and your website and how to get in touch with you is all going to be in the show notes for this podcast. And I really encourage you guys, get this book, read it, uh, get another extra copy, share it with a friend. Uh, this is just a, you know, we talk about all the time, uh, it's a theme, especially this year, Lolly, about how do we move really into our greatness, right? We call it, you know, living a 10-10 life. How do we tap, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 in our passions uh, and a 1 to 10 in our strengths and our gifts and our talents? And that 10-10 life is not only, first of all, you have to work on who you are. And then once that is, once you're moving in that direction up and to the right in your life, then the what and the why and the how where a lot of people struggle with clarity in those areas, I've seen just the roadblocks to understanding, you know, that direction in our life just becomes so much more clear. And I really think that what you're doing, what you're sharing, uh, what's in your book is that first step of the process for everybody to really create some momentum and acceleration for what they're, you know, when you lay in bed at night and you put your head on the pillow and you're just dreaming about what could be. 
Um, and like you said, right, what holds people back? It's ourself. It, that's what's between where we are now, right? Point A that you said earlier and point B, mm -hmm. what we do want to have. And there's a way to, to tap into who our true self is and the strengths there to move forward. And I, I completely uh, just love what you're doing and how you're doing it. It's such an important tool for people. And just thank you for everything you've sowed into me, my life, without even you know knowing me personally and what that's meant for the clients I've gotten to work with and the work that I've done. And I truly appreciate who you are and what you're bringing out into the world, what your heart is and, and how you're doing things and who you are, Lolly. Well, John, I feel the same way about you, who you are as I recognize greatness within you. And thank you for this opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. And um, just, to, just to wrap up, every, everything's going to be in the show notes, folks. So go there and check it out. And there are some great bonuses that Lolly has. And, and get in touch with Lolly. Plug into her teaching. And, uh, and Lolly, I look forward to having you. You're, you're welcome anytime you ever want to come on the podcast and share anything that you're, that's front of mind for you. You're always welcome here. Our audience, uh, I know, will love this, uh, this episode. Thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to coming back again. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. By the way, Lolly has some special things to give away for Eternal Leadership listeners that buy her book and have any questions. Uh, be sure to go to the summary of this MP3 for all that information. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. Just earlier this year, Vicki told me while she was praying, she heard from me to water the seeds. I knew exactly what it meant and got some business out of it. Another time she was praying and accurately described one of our dogs who turned out needed medical attention. John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes 4 and 66, marketplacerock.com. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.